G'day, I'm Andrew Griffiths, Australia's number one small business author, and I'm here to introduce you to the Seeing Through the Numbers podcast by the one, the only, Amanda Fisher, the cash flow queen. In this weekly podcast, Amanda's going to be talking about all things business, with a particular focus on unscrambling the numbers and understanding the cash flow in your business. So if you're ready to create more profit, reduce your stress, sit back and relax as the Cash Flow Queen helps you to start seeing through the numbers. Hello and welcome. Today I want to talk about coming out of COVID. We're at the point now where some businesses are allowed to reopen, some are allowed to reopen with different configurations, not their usual you know, full capacity. We've got various restrictions still in place in relation to how we can do business. So it's not back to business as usual, but it's potentially back to business. And what does that mean? How can we manage that? How can we manage cash flow? What's that going to look like? For some businesses where you've got limitations on the number of people you can have in your premises at any point in time, it means that you're not going to be able to be back straight away at least, to the full business as usual revenue streams potentially, even assuming that people are prepared to go out and be out and about and frequent your business premises. So there's a couple of things you need to bear in mind here. First of all, how much income do you think you can generate with those restrictions in place? How can you manage those? You've got all the various uh, cleaning and sanitising requirements that you're going to have to deal with, which will take extra time for your staff to handle, maybe extra cleaning costs as well. What do those look like? How much is it going to cost? How much time is it going to take? Um, what? How are you going to manage that? I was recently invited out for dinner with some business colleagues of mine and they they made a reservation for 5 30 and then emailed me just on the night and said oh actually our booking is between five and seven so the restaurant had blocked time for people to come so five to seven I don't know whether then it was then 7 30 to 9 30 perhaps I'm not quite sure what the second perhaps the second sitting was and they had of course limited the number of tables that were available and move them well apart from each other. And actually, from a going out and having a nice chat with friends perspective, it was really nice because we didn't have to yell at each other. You could hear each other talk quietly. You didn't feel like you were being overheard. And in many ways, it was a better experience than what it's usually like at that particular place where it's full of buzz and lots of people. It was kind of nice. But it's not nice for you as the business owner because it means that you know, in their case, oh, I shudder to think, but I'm guessing, you know, their revenue, you know, even if full capacity with bookings there, would be massively down and potentially only maybe even 20, 25% of what their normal revenue would have been with the tables, you know, chock a block, you can hardly walk between them kind of thing. And the place was always pumping, like it was always full. And, and sometimes we went, and if we hadn't, didn't have a reservation, we didn't get a table. So, you know, there were times when you know, it, it, it was full on, it was busy. So their income is not going to be as good. 
And part of that is managing how many team members you've got to have to, um, you know, provide the service and are you actually making money? And that has been a question that's been posed around the media a little bit that it's all fine and good to say, well, you can open up and have 10 people or 20 people at any point in time. But for some businesses, it's just not viable to do that because by the time you've paid for your, uh, you know, your food costs and the wages of your kitchen staff and your wait staff, you're actually not making money because it's in the volume where the money is made. It's not kind of really on each transaction. So just be aware of what are those costs and, and what's it looking like and making sure that you're making a profit out of it. Because as long as you're making a profit, it's worthwhile. So I think the first thing is what what kind of numbers could you perceive conceivably have in your business based on the restrictions on the number of people you can have on your in your business premises at any point in time and then kind of how frequently can they kind of sort of turn over and change. I think that's the first thing to think about. And then from there, what are the other problems that are going to arise? We're going to have problems potentially when you've got staff. How are you going to manage that? Who gets to work? Who doesn't? Um, depending on whether you've got JobKeeper for them or not, uh, that may or may make an issue for who you, you know, get in uh, straight away to as you're starting people. Uh, other challenges around just, you know, work employment rules and regulations, and that's not my forte, so I'm not talking about that. But it's just what, what what's going to happen? How are you going to manage that? How are you going to manage people to make sure that you do keep those strict requirements? Does that mean you're going to have, what did I see, a social distancing monitor sign uh, on the back of someone? Uh, you're going to have to have someone there that's keeping track on you know, how many people are in the store, counting people in, counting people out, having queuing people up. Is that an extra person you've got to put on? Is that someone you already have? Is that somebody, you know, a, a casual that you could perhaps uh, employ that is, is, being, is looking for a job having been out of work for some, somewhere else? What does that look like? What other challenges are you going to have in terms of delivering the service, in terms of making sure that people walk out happy with their service, pleased that they've had a, a good result? And I think I've mentioned before, uh, and if you listen to the interview I did the other week with Ticker TV with Aaron Young, that you'll find, you know, he asked a question around, well, shouldn't, you know, businesses drop their prices? You know, they're not, uh, you know, they're not so many people and, and you know, they should be dropping their prices to encourage people to shop. And I go, no, now more than ever, we as consumers need to be not expecting to have sales to not expect to get discounts, to expect to pay full price, to hope that you get good service while you're there. And as business owners, it's up to us to make sure we provide good service as part of justifying full price. You see, if you're discounting things, I'm betting that you won't be making any money on it and you'll just be losing more and more money. Now, to the extent you have seasonal stock and you need to get rid of it, yeah, okay, maybe you need to discount it. But as a matter of course, no. Maintain your prices. 
because people will still pay. And I think one of the things we've found generally and certainly in the business colleagues I'm talking to is there's much more of an understanding that we need to be supporting our local businesses. We need to be, you know, going back out and uh, supporting businesses because it's supporting the employment of the people they employ and that in itself. So it's, a you know, that whole sort of vicious cycle, if you like, but that whole circle of, you know, the more money we spend, the more people are employed, the more, you know, money is spent, the more money is available to spend, et cetera, et cetera. We need to make sure that we're helping to maintain the employment of as many people as possible, and that means paying full price. It doesn't mean discounting. It doesn't mean giving stuff away for free. It's about making sure that you're getting the best result you can at the same time providing the best service you can within the constraints of whatever your industry constraints are. So I think the good thing is we, we, you know, we're coming out of it. Yes, we'll have a few bumps along the road, no question. But at least now we're starting to see that easing, people going out more, uh, being able to go out, being able to go to your business premises, to go shopping again, to at least to some degree. And that's a good thing. And we need to be encouraging that and working towards making that as safe as possible so that we don't go backwards and so that we can start to build those businesses back up to the kind of level of income that we've seen in the past. My guess is it's going to be a bit of a slow process, but in some cases it won't be. And it's about your attitude to it and making sure you're, you've done everything you possibly can to maximise the revenue in your business, to maximise the service and to, you know, be as positive as we can because it's with that positivity. We want to see those smiling faces. We want to be back to normal. We want to have it as a positive experience. And that will result in some positive cash flow. And as always, remember to make your numbers count. Thanks for tuning into the Seeing Through the Numbers podcast show with Amanda Fisher. Clearly, Amanda's mission is to help business owners just like you to read and understand your business numbers. As well as this fantastic weekly podcast, Amanda has published a pile of books, created online courses, and she runs one-to-one and group mentoring sessions and workshops. To find out more about how you can work with Amanda Fisher, go to www.amandafisher.com.au. Now, don't forget to subscribe to the show to make sure you don't miss a single episode. And Amanda would love it if you left a great review. So until next time, make those numbers count.